Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, the management trinity and feedback. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. Today we continue our recent theme of revisiting the high-level rationale and actions involved in the management trinity. In our discussions of feedback, we talk about the basics, of course, what the feedback model gives the effective manager, and how the effective manager actually puts it into action. This theme came out of many conversations we've had with managers about the value they were getting from our high-level discussions of the trinity at both the effective manager conferences and at on-site corporate client work. Now, we're careful to make every cast actionable, and believe it or not, this one is. We make a specific recommendation regarding feedback delivery you don't want to miss. Now, of course, if you haven't listened to the cast on the feedback model itself, you'll want to do so. If you're new to Manager Tools and haven't listened to the feedback casts, you'll find them in other core Manager Tools casts in the Manager Tools Basics, a special collection of the basics of Manager Tools specifically for the new listener. You'll find a link to it on the Manager Tools website www.managertools.com on the left-hand side of the homepage. In addition, there is an RSS feed with just those casts, so you can have easy reference to those casts in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're new to Manager Tools, I hope you'll check those out. All right, with that, here we go with today's cast. So today we're going to continue with our four-part series on the management trinity. Oh, can't even say it these days. <laughs> Talking about feedback. Yes. Um, last week was about one-on-ones. Our fundamental rationale for why we meet with our directs every week. And this week we address why managers have another fundamental responsibility, which is, I mean, it makes sense when you say it like this, but people certainly don't behave this way which is to talk to their directs about their behavior. And and here, before I go any further, I, I've got to add, we want to be very, very clear about this. And, and I think that even if managers would say they agree with it, we have videotape that shows that managers don't behave as if they agree with it, and behaving is belie- uh, behavior is believable. We believe that managers have a responsibility to build a professional relationship with their directs. Yeah. You know, sometimes the things that go without saying really need to be said. And this is one of those. Yes. Right. Right. We take stuff for granted, but then it's helpful to bring it back up to consciousness. Well, you're right. Uh, I, I said that recently to a friend of mine that things that go without saying need to be said. And it was reiterating some basics of our friendship and, and they, it was, they, they appreciated the reminders about fundamentals about how we should be interacting. Um, Okay, so look, we believe that managers have a responsibility. You're responsible for it as a function of being a manager. This is a a responsibility that trumps your responsibility to put in expense reports on time. You have a responsibility to build professional relationships with your directs, period. Yeah, this may sound a little off to folks. It's really beyond contestation. Right. You're responsible for the performance of your directs. And all our directs provide noticeably more effective performance to managers with whom they say they have a good professional relationship. Yeah. And look, for, for those of you who want to get a chuckle out of the dark mark, 
we don't really care about our folks. <laughs> we just want them to do more work, and 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 we know that to get more work out of them, we need to have a relationship with okay. them. Okay, okay, but please tell them you're kidding me. <laughs> they may actually think yes, you're serious. I am. You know, yeah, I, I'm. I'm totally kidding. Come on, folks. You know better than that. Um, what we're saying is we're making a logical, rational case for the need for one-on-ones, which, of course, are regular, a form of regular communication. There are managers who would say, no, no, that's the people stuff, and I don't, I don't focus on people. I focus on tasks. I'm a logical. I'm a rational manager. The, it doesn't matter whether you're a people-focused or a task-focused manager, whether you're an engineer or a marketer, um, whether you're outgoing or not. There is incontrovertible evidence beyond contestation, to use your phrase. There is, there is evidence beyond contestation that, for one, you're responsible for the performance of your directs, duh. And secondly, that directs that have a better relationship with their manager than other directs deliver better results. You can't argue with the data. The data are overwhelming. Whether you like working, whether you like developing a relationship with your directs is irrelevant to us. If you work for me, Mr. Manager, and I'm your director or your VP, and I find out you don't have relationships with your directs, it sounds really lame for you to say, that's not who I am. Because my response is, oh, well, that's good because I need to find somebody who is that guy (laughs) or is that gal. Um, You know, it's like the old joke about recruiters, you know. the, the, the young person says, I want a job working with people. Well, that's good because all the positions working with dogs and trees in our company are taken. We, we, don't, we don't care whether it's your natural tendency. Just like we don't care whether you like expense reports or not, you have to do them because the company needs a system, a way of accounting for things. Well, when it comes to directs, we know. We know it like we know that the sun's going to come up tomorrow, that Managers who have a better relationship with their directs get better results. It is not an enormously big investment. And consequently, it's hard to argue that you're too busy when the return on your investment is far more than, than the cost of the investment initially. Um, right. Even, so, if, even if you're not good at it initially, right? Exactly. This is a smart investment of your time. Even if you are a task-oriented manager or an engineer or somebody or you're not comfortable talking to people, even if you're not good at it, the returns will happen in the long run in such a way. And, of course, you'll get better at it when you start doing at it. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Okay. All right. So that was a brief tangent back to one-on-ones. So yep. sorry. Let's, well, you know, sometimes people join us in the middle of things, so it's, right. it's, it's useful. But um, for now, let's get back to feedback. Right. Okay. Um, so let's continue the thread here about responsibility, right? Um, and let's say this cast has three points. First, why, number one, why there's a responsibility to give feedback. We're going to make the case again. What feedback actually does, because the feedback delivered in the feedback model has a purpose, and then how it achieves that, how feedback achieves that purpose. Okay, simple enough. Okay, so why is there responsibility for managers to give feedback? I mean, okay, but really? let's be clear. Let's at least, let, let's at least set the, the record straight, right? Not all managers, not all managers have a responsibility. Not all managers? Come on. Oh, oh no. No, Mike, please, really. Let, let's be fair and honest with everyone here. <laughs> Um, there are lots of managers listening right now 
who do not have to give feedback. These managers, they like their teams. They're uncomfortable giving feedback. They're worried that they might pinch the relationship a little bit and they know they get evaluated on whether or not they might uh, have low retention or high turnover scores. So they wouldn't want to pinch the relationship and give one bit of negative feedback that causes an employee to leave because his head explodes because a boss tells him something about or tells her something about how he or she could do something better. And these managers, we don't want to put this burden on them because they don't want to introduce conflict into the relationship. Mike, they're afraid that their people won't like getting negative feedback. And so let's exempt them. Okay. Well, you confused me a second because, of course, now I know what you mean. We're right. talking yes, about exactly. we're talking about those managers, those managers, which I'm, I'm sure we had like thousands of them listening to us right now, and and of course they are clearly exempt from the basic laws of human behavior and performance because they don't like talking about performance. So okay, I mean, I, doesn't I that sound great that. to wish for? I mean, let's just live in the world we wish to live in. I don't like talking about performance. I, I, at some level, deep in my managerial soul, I know I'm supposed to, but I don't like it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> so, with that in mind, we, we give them a lifetime pass right now. If you don't want to talk about performance, it's okay. Now, this is not to say that your team will do great work. Or, if you describe your team as doing good work now and you're not giving feedback, this is not to say your team will ever get better in a big way. Okay. It's not to suggest that you'll get promoted. It's not to say that we're going to tell you you're having a good career. We're just saying, if you need to be off the hook, well, then by all means, we'll let you off the hook. Yeah, as long as you're cool with being off the list for promotions, too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As long as you don't feel that you want to do more, as long as you don't expect executives who deal with performance and aggregated behavior all the time and have to see their performance reported in the paper in quarterly reports, quarterly uh, 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 earnings reports and so on, as long as you're okay with them saying, well, clearly not doing what we we need he or she to be doing. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely dead on right. So if you need a pass, you got to pass. We love you. We want you to be better. And if you don't want to give feedback, that's fine. And Don't come crying to us about why your team is not doing better. As the saying goes, if you have a problem in your organization, look for the cause of the problem in increasingly larger concentric circles around your own desk. It is not your team. It is you, Mr. or Ms. Manager. Let's, though, for today, Mike, talk about the rest of the world's managers, the ones who actually think that performance is what they're paid for. And you know what? I love it when you say that. <laughs> in my, yeah, in my heart wins. goes all pitter-patter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Managers, dear kind listeners of ours, you are not paid to show up. You are not paid to think. You are not paid to decide. You're not paid to be creative. You are paid for the performance of your directs. You are paid more when your directs outperform either the standard of themselves, either the standard or themselves, doing better than they did year prior or what have you, uh, depending upon the systems that your firm has in place, some firms uh, uh, 
reward more based on a standard. Some people based on improvement. doesn't matter. Either one is fine. Um, it is, sadly, for some, beautifully for all, and elegantly for some, all about performance. Okay. And then feedback fits in how exactly? Easy. Managers have a responsibility to give feedback because human directs. Now, okay, zoo trainers, those of you who are working with animals, you're exempt. Okay. Managers who work with human directs have a responsibility to give feedback to those directs because those directs more often deliver behavior that's effective which, of course, effective behavior aggregates into performance against goals, they are more likely to deliver effective behavior when they are given frequent feedback on what they're doing and on the seen and unseen results and impacts of their behavior. To use your phrase, this is human behavior in Organizations 101, and it is beyond contestation. True. Okay, but what I think we, we, there are days when we don't like it, right? You and I admit there are days we don't like it, but the fact that we don't like it <laughs> doesn't mean it's not true. Exactly. Okay, so but what I guess what I think listeners may be missing is the link between the proof about human behavior and the responsibility. Yeah, and, and you're right, and we're 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 over dramatizing this, of course, um, but but and at the same time, you're making the point. Look. If you know that you'll get better behavior with more frequent feedback, and I want to come back to that in just a moment, Mike, but if you know it, that you'll get better behavior from your folks with more frequent feedback, then choosing to not give feedback is choosing to shirk a proven performance-improving habit. And I would argue, if you told your boss, I'm aware of a performance-improving habit that I can engage in and I choose not to, your boss could argue with you at some level that you're behaving in an unprofessional manner. Do you think there's anybody out there who thinks that they can get better performance without feedback? Oh, sure. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, look, behavior's believable, right? Yeah. Unless the managers who aren't giving feedback right now are saying to themselves, my team's getting better, I just can't measure it. Okay? Um, a manager I know told me recently she felt that she had to give a big raise to her worst performer because he, quote, had connections. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, look, if they think that, Mike, they think that feedback won't improve results. Or put differently, manager listeners, just ask yourself, do you get enough feedback from your boss? Or put a little bit differently, would you like more? Would more make you more effective? Yeah, and that's the point I wanted, wanted to come back to. Yeah, managers seem to forget, and, and, and we've done it ourselves too, right? We've done it where we think about our directs, and then we flip around and we forget that whatever we think about our directs, whatever, or let me put it this way, whatever our directs think about us, it's very likely we're thinking that about our boss. Right. But managers tend to separate these two things emotionally, and they forget that whatever they visit upon their directs, they often complain about that very same thing being visited upon them by their boss. 
Yeah, yeah, man, managers, you know, they tell us all the time that everybody we talk to says they want yeah. more feedback, right? <laughs> right. But, so, but somehow, fact, but somehow, their their people can't take it. They're 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 not yeah. mature enough to take. Uh, yeah. Which we when we're, when we're in front of people, we actually we actually pat someone on the head, right, to to show them how their directs feel that they don't get feedback when in fact they want more from their boss. We joke all the time about the the stories of clients calling us and and um, every level. CEO, one level down, two level down, three level down, four level down, five level down, six level down, all say the same thing. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mike. Me and my team, we're tight. Now, my boss and I, not so much, but man, me and my team, we're good. We got feedback, coaching, one-on-ones, or whatever they would ascribe to be those things that are relationships and performance and improvement. Um, we're, we're good, me and my guys, but, you know, level up, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> And you go to their boss and the boss says, man, me and my guys, we're good. And you're like, wait, it can't be both. It can't be that all your directs say we're not good and you think you're good. Um, yeah, there, there's a cognitive dissonance there between how managers see their directs and how managers see themselves when, in fact, they are directs of someone else. Yeah. Look, there's no question. Yeah. It's, it's undeniable, right? When you ask, would more feedback make most managers more effective. We don't even need to answer ourselves and say, yes, we know it. Managers tell us all the time, yes, we want more. Of course, more feedback would make them more effective. And yet, managers ignore this responsibility every day. Yeah, and it's real simple why. Because they're afraid. I wish I'd said that. (laughs) (laughs) You you did about a billion times in the last couple of years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess I do remember that. (laughs) Okay. So so what does feedback do? What does it do? Okay. This, uh, easy. Feedback encourages effective behavior. Okay. That sounds pretty simple. Yeah, maybe. In, in, In theory, it certainly is simple. The good ones always are. But, but I'm serious now. Those may be the three best words, professionally speaking, professionally now. Those may be the three best words I've ever written. Encourages effective behavior. Each of them carries its own weight. And so let's, let's spend a minute talking about each one of them. Okay. Encourages. I love this word. And when we get done with the model, you'll discover that this word is in every single core part of our trinity. Because good management is, by definition, encouraging. It is positive. It is, to use a word that some managers are uncomfortable with, loving. It is building. It is not about mistakes. It is not about problems. It is not about the outlier. It is about the future and about creating a better future. Um. One of the definitions of encourage is to inspire with hope. Um, no matter how many managers right now have listened to this in their car, on the way to work, or doing laundry. We just talked to someone recently who said laundry went faster than ever because he was doing it listening to us. Whatever you're doing, there's some manager right now, probably thousands, who go, I can't believe he just said inspire with hope. Because that's not what I do. I'm an engineer. I'm a technician. I, you know, I'm just working with responsibilities and performance metrics and blah, 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 blah. Just doing my fact, job. Just doing my job. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> and sadly, you're leaving the big part out of your job, the real juice that makes things great. 
Inspiration and hope are absolutely watchwords for great managers. And you and I are both former engineers. We're both former military officers. We absolutely know what non-inspirational, non-hopeful management is like. And, and some people would think that in the military, we were taught that. That's not true. We were taught inspirational and hopeful management. And, and then in many cases, the business world will suck it right out of you. And then you start doing it again and you discover people want to come to work for you. Um, the real core, though, of the word encourage uh, is simply this. You cannot, you cannot encourage the past. Encouragement, giving courage to another person, is by definition about the future. Yeah, and folks, feedback is all about the future. Yeah, and, and we, we, th that phrase gets bandied about a lot, right? All about, right? But let's be clear. If it is all about the future, <clears throat> it therefore has nothing to do with punishment. It has nothing to do with what happened right. because what happened is not in the future. Right. And, and, and I'm just going to make a little, little point here about punishment. People say, well, wait, punishment is about the future. No, it's not. You need to read psychology. Punishment is not about the future. Punishment does not get the right behavior in the future. It simply teaches people to avoid the bad behavior that got them there in the first place. Punishment causes lab animals to cower in fear. It doesn't cause them to go in the right direction unless you put up so much punishment that the only thing that helps them get helps them avoid punishment is the answer you want. But that's not the way the, the, uh, um, the scenarios, the, the um, experiments are written. Punishment does not encourage, does not cause the right solution. It simply causes the avoidance of the wrong solution, which is tied to the punishment. Yeah. And so, oh, I'm sorry, I could, I could spend hours talking about that. Yeah, yeah. And if, and if you need proof of any of this, just listen to the Shot Across the Bow cast. Oh, that's brilliant. You're, you're absolutely right. Sure, right? You, you can give feedback, and, and it, it, you're not going to punish anybody. I mean, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the details of the mistake. We're not going to argue with anybody about the details of the mistake or whatever happened in the event of negative feedback, right? We're not going to rehash things. We're not going to show a videotape um, of the past or of the failure because that's about the past. Yeah, folks, I, yeah, this is so important, and I think a lot of folks miss it. There is nothing, nothing we can do about what has already happened. It's done, gone, yeah. finished. Talking about the past is a waste of time. It's a waste. Um, some managers. And we see this, it happens all the time, like reminding folks, their directs, of their mistakes. And, and here's a word that many managers don't want to say, but their behavior suggests that it's in fact at the front of their mind. They think that the shame of their directs and their mistakes around the mistakes will motivate better efforts in the future. But why bother? Why think I've got to avoid talking about the future? What I'm going to do is talk about shame and then rely on the direct to, to alchemically, uh, magically, catalytically turn that shame into positive energy around the future. That, that you talk about psychology and a lot of managers act as if they're psychologists and they're not. Why, why add the extra step? Why not just focus on the future? 
Folks, I assure you, among adults, shame is not a high-performance tool. Uh, look, it, 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 it's surely a terrible performance avoidance tool. In, in other words, um, if you do it, you can probably keep people from performing terribly, okay? But avoiding terrible performance is not the same thing as achieving high performance. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, I, I don't want to get into the model itself, but but how can we say that giving feedback according to the model is not a rehash of the mistake? I mean, that's important. Yeah, yeah, because in fact, in step two, we say when you, and then you describe what they did. Um, well, look, if you move your lips just right, you can actually say that giving feedback according to the model is, is not a rehash. Oh, no, great. Okay, great. I'm Thanks. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Um, my point is, is that while, the, you min- while you do mention what the direct did, because you need to establish the behavior you want changed or the, the behavior you want to be repeated, the core of the model is in step four. And so many people want to talk about steps one, two, and three. But step four, where we talk about the future, either thanks, hey, great job, or what can you do differently, or could you do that differently, or let's talk about how you could do that better. Um, the core of the model is talking about the future in step four. And I want to say something here. I, I believe we, uh, you know, one of, one of the things we've been talking about with these casts is we want to revisit the basics um, and, and talk about the, the management trinity. And yet here we are in a cast and we're not talking about specific behaviors, which you and I, that, that's what manager tools is built on, which is actionable behavior. We did say that every cast is actionable and we're going to make a specific recommendation regarding feedback delivery that I think we said, don't miss it. And here it is. Um, we simply believe that feedback is so much about the future and so not about the past. We've said before, I'm sure it's in the earlier cast, we recommend, we urge managers to only give feedback when they are in a state of mind that they would describe as having love in their heart. And I know there are managers out there who goes, God, there he goes talking about love again. But man, I'll tell you, all the great leaders and managers, when you ask them how they feel about their folks and how their folks feel about them, the word love comes up over and over and over again. All right. Well, because, how, how, do I, how do I express love in, in behavior? How do I make that actual? Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't involve touching. Okay. <laughs> Let's I, do I'm, that. Good. But the actionable step is simply this. When you give negative feedback, smile. If you're not comfortable doing it, we don't care because a lot of the things you do at work, you're the first few times you do it, you're uncomfortable with it. And discomfort is not a reason to not do your job well, right? There are times when I get on a plane to go see a client that I, I might slip and say, I'd rather stay home, but I don't. I get on the plane and it's not as comfortable as being in my, uh, being on my couch watching TV or, you know, reading the Wall Street Journal or reading a good book. Um, but I go, even though it might be uncomfortable. Um, the key to mentally being ma- making the feedback model, giving feedback about the future, is behaviorally speaking to smile when you give negative feedback. It will lower the sense of punishment that you're trying to deliver. If in fact you have that in your heart, it will make it much harder for you to do that. Uh, it will make it much more about your belief that they are going to change their behavior, and so you will be able to smile with them at some point in the future because they will have gotten around the bend and gotten to a place that produces better results. Not because we want to feel good, not because you want to feel good or they want to feel good, but because you expressing 
love in the form of a smile will encourage them to think about the future rather than focusing on their mistake. And any shame that you're trying to deliver is very hard to deliver if you've got a smile on your face. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of folks listening right now that just are having a hard time getting their their arms around the idea that someone could be giving, that one could be giving negative feedback and smiling. They just don't seem to be... They just don't seem to go together. Right. And and I think that's because we've probably done a poor job. Uh, We've tried um, and we'll continue trying for years and years and years and years to make clear how much it is about step four and how good feedback. We don't want to get too much into the model here. This is about the Trinity and how the model fits in from a, from a strategic level at 50,000 feet. Um, But how the model talks about future talks about the future rather than about the past and if you're going to try to punish somebody, the feedback model is not the way to do it. And that's why in step four, we can, in all of the model, we can smile because in step four, we're going to talk about the future. And um, if you have an attitude that says, I'm focused on how we can improve um, rather than the mistake we made, it's much easier for you to smile because it's not the feedback model is about the future. And we could say that a billion times and it still wouldn't be enough. Right. And so if you can't smile, if it's one of those things that somebody just really torqued you off, it happens and you can't smile, give yep. it feedback, then just don't give it. Don't give it's it. Just simple. Just, just don't give it. If you can't smile, yep. don't give it. Yeah. And that's why we can say step four is why the model exists to talk about the future. Cause you can't do anything about the past. We already talked about that. And if you want to and change in the, in the event of negative feedback or, uh, in, or or uh, reward, if you will, positive performance or uh, change negative behavior, um, the best way to do that is to do that in a positive way. You can talk about failures in a positive way. You can talk about mistakes in a positive way by talking about what's going to change. Um, step four is the reason it exists because there's nothing we do about the past. And if it's negative, we want to change it. And if it's positive, we want it to continue. Now, um, let's move. Okay. We've talked about encourage. Okay. And and that word courage is about the future. So don't forget that. Let's, let's dissect effective, which, which boy, our technical managers really fail on. Don't Mm -hmm. they They really, really miss this one. Um, I I would even say there are some people who spend a lot of times with getting things done, which we love. And it's really not about effectiveness. It's about efficiency. It's about ringing five more minutes out of the day. When in fact, there's probably three hours of waste in that day. Um, but we want to talk about the word, dissect the word effective, which means addressing the right things and behavior, which is to say the actual work that your directs do. Look, let's just be clear again. If someone has made a mistake, we are fine with that. What? We're fine with mistakes. Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, we are. Most managers certainly behave as if they already are by acting as if feedback is too hard to do, too confrontational. Look, doing nothing is the same thing as saying it's okay to keep doing whatever it is you're doing. But really, here, what we're getting at is that what is done is done. If you get angry about the mistake... Really, what you're angry about is the difference between the mistake and what you would have liked done. Since you can't go back and undo it, you're essentially saying, in the future, I want there to be different behavior, 
right? We're fine with mistakes because they've already been made and we can't change them even if we don't like them. One of our directs just poked us with an umbrella. If you want to get mad, get mad, but that doesn't change the fact that you've been poked with an umbrella and there's nothing you can do about being poked. All you can do is say, do I want to be poked again? No. What's the best way to avoid being poked? That is to stay positive about the future state that you want rather than punishing being poked with the umbrella. So the smart manager knows the mistake is done and it's time to think about what we can do differently next time for negative feedback. Or if it's positive, if we're giving positive feedback because something good happened, then we're not really talking about mistakes, obviously, but we want to smile about that because we're talking about them doing that the next time, which should be fairly easy. Hmm. But if you don't give that positive feedback, it's easy for ease, much easier for them to make a mistake after having done it right. So the model focuses on the future through step four, because smart managers know they have to talk about behavior slash performance. And since the only behavior performance we can affect is future behavior performance, we don't worry about what has already happened or even why it happened. Let me just play a little videotape. CEO is in a, is in a meeting or even better board of directors in a meeting with the CEO in Q3, the CEO missed the, the, the organization missed revenue and profit targets. Ouch. Right. Yeah, that hurts in Q4, pretty impressive turnaround. And in one of the, in a down cycle for this particular industry, the CEO actually beats the revenue um, and earnings numbers and then does so again in Q1 and Q2, when in fact it's a fairly cyclical business and when they should be making it is in Q2 and Q3. Um, and the, the board at the end of Q4 says, yeah, this is good, but don't forget, in Q3 you missed. <laughs> and then in Q, at the end of Q1, the board says, yeah, you made, this Q, you made Q1 and made Q4, but don't forget, in Q3 you made a mistake. You missed. Yeah, at some helps. point – the rational CEO says, I'm going to go find a board who actually wants to pay attention to what I'm doing right now, since there's nothing I can do about Q3. Yeah. So I have to tell you what you just said about focusing on the future, about smart managers know they have to talk about future, talk about behavior and performance, since the only behavior performance we can affect is future behavior performance may be one of the 10 most profound things ever said, ever said on manager tools. Cool. I like being profound. (laughs) (laughs) And since profundity usually leads to effectiveness, I like it too. You've just proved what feedback does and in a sneaky way, how it does it. Feedback, the feedback model helps managers achieve better performance with their teams because it creates regular performance communication between the manager and the direct. Yeah, and that is critical. I mean, because what you're saying is that when a manager talks about behavior, she is talking about performance. Yes. And so managers who talk regularly with their directs about behavior. Which aggregates into performance. That's what performance is. It's everybody's behaviors added together. Right, which aggregates into performance. Right. Are really talking about how to improve the performance of their part of the organization, which is based on behavior. Yes. Totally, completely, utterly yes. Brilliant. Well said. And even though I don't like setting endings, that does it. 
Feedback is something we're responsible for because human beings respond to more feedback with better outputs. Say that again. Feedback is something you're responsible for, Mr. or Ms. Manager, because human beings respond to more feedback with better outputs. Good feedback, no matter how much it sounds like it's about the past, is really about future performance. And finally, the feedback model works because after you learn it, it gives you a way to easily talk about behavior and therefore to change behavior in the future or, or, or continue positive behavior because manager's purview is always the future because there's nothing you can do about the past. Excellent. That wraps it up. Thanks, partner. That's easy enough. Thanks, partner. We'll see you there. Okay, everyone, that will wrap it up. Thanks for joining us today. And one note before we go, if you're interested in joining us for two days focused solely on how to become a more effective manager, it's the New York Effective Manager Conference, May 20th and 21st. We're filling it up fast, so don't delay. You'll find details on the website, www.managertools.com. All right, folks, we'll see you all next week. So long. <music>